Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. It has already started. The show has already failed, and we've had to call back in. It's already been one of those mornings. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. August 3rd. No way. Like, what is going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. It's like winter outside. We play Wednesday. Hope the kitties don't. They're going to try and break up the show, even though it's already been broken up already. Um, yeah, it's going to get, it's going to be all, uh, well, it's raining right now. Yeah, the rain in the desert. All right, welcome to We Say Wednesday, everybody. I love my sound effects. <clears throat> Ooh, it's lightning. It's going to crack thunder in a second, and the kitties are going to be running. Yep, they've already mostly left. Hi, baby. Oh, this one's like, oh, hi, girl. But I'm going to run down the hall with my, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> all right, well, welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday. We'll see how long this all and unmute you and mute you and we're going to continue and hopefully you can still hear us so we say Wednesday every time twice it died twice this time and kitties are nothing happened oh boy I don't know if um well it doesn't matter let's find how many days until Christmas? How many days until Christmas, kids? Here it is. Drum roll. All right, pal. 
on over to TumbleweedHealthCenter.com and go to the certification section. And if you suffer from PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, all of them, including epilepsy, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, <clears throat> agitation of Alzheimer's, all the way to dementia, cachexia, wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. Oh, and there you have it. Cats are climbing, cats are falling. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can also email thctucson at gmail.com. If you go to the website at tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, you can scroll down to the bottom on the first home on the home page, and I think it might be on a couple other pages too, but if you scroll down, there's a form that you just fill out and click send, and it comes right to us. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are going to teach you, A, how to cook salmon, with marijuana. 
my mom is out of town. So my trusted sidekick today is my elderly cat, Jasper. Jasper loves the dish we're going to make today, which is BC baked salmon with the side of asparagus. So Jasper, thank you. You go wait on the sidelines like you normally do. I'm going to wash my hands, and then we're going to get started. The ingredients you're going to need for today's recipe are very simple. You'll need some marijuana. I'm using an organic outdoor. You're going to want a little bit of rock salt and, of course, some salmon. I asked at the fish store what the fattiest salmon was, and they said spring salmon was the fattiest. So that's what I'm using today, but you can use any cut of salmon. And the other thing you're going to need today is kind of important is a piece of aluminum foil. This is Watermelon Girl. Forgot to announce that. She's awesome. She was on our show years ago, and she's just the bomb. Nicest lady. Reason for that is much like the marijuana bacon recipe, we're going to let the fat in the salmon convert to cannabis. We don't need any butter or any oil. Coming back. So you want to keep an eye on that. I'm going to suggest maybe half an hour. We're going to put this in the oven. Okay, I thought while the salmon was cooking, we would quickly make a side of asparagus. Mm -hmm. For asparagus, you're going to need some lovely asparagus. I've mm -hmm. washed it and I've cut the ends off it already. You're going to need a little chopped garlic, some butter, and I thought it would be very nice to garnish it in the end with some fresh mint because I love fresh herbs, all herbs, marijuana and all the other herbs. I love them a lot. Very simply, all you're going to do is start, put a little butter in your pan and garlic. And, of course, you're going to need some marijuana. I'm going to use this like a herb, and I always just like to put it in my hand. Kind of like mortar and pestle it right in your hand. Just put it that. Because I don't want on my salmon, I don't want my stress too strong. Uh, 
nine months, he said, it's loaded. Let's try it. and see if we can load anything. Hmm. Here we go.
My mom was a huge football fan. She was huge, huge, huge. She used to chase you down the sideline. Oh, yeah, huge. And um, I got into football uh, through her, put me in it. She knew I needed something to do with all the energy I had. And something to keep him out of the trouble that Mike says landed his absent father in and out of prison. That trouble was drugs. Drugs taught my family, you know, so I wanted to just play football, go to school, stay in my books. By senior year, he was one of the nation's top high school running backs. Offered a full scholarship to the University of Miami, a known launching pad to the NFL. My mom, she was crazy excited. It was everything that I ever hoped for. It was everything I wanted. And then, overnight, Mike lost his biggest fan, his mom died in a car accident during the holidays of his sophomore year. Mike's wife, Aubrey, first met him not long after that accident. For him to be all right and mentally deal with this, he was going to lean on football. The funeral was New Year's Eve, 2010. Here's the pass, that's Mike James. The same day as one of Mike's biggest collegiate games, the Sun Bowl. An excruciating decision. I was going to do the thing that made both of us happy. Play ball, you know. She would have wanted you to be at that game. Yeah, I'm a, I know my mom, you know. Driven by grief, Mike became relentless, pursuing that boyhood dream of playing professional football. He was drafted in 2013 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that takes us back to Monday Night Football. Two yards from the goal line, Mike went in for a touchdown. He comes right down on that left ankle. The pain I was feeling was excruciating. Aubrey raced down to be with her husband. He just was very calm and he was like, yeah, I broke my ankle. And immediately I just burst into tears. Mike needed surgery, wires, screws, and a rod were put in to repair the brake. He was in so much pain, he told me that he wanted to just cut his leg off. And like so many post-surgical patients, Mike was given a cocktail of opiates to take home. Did you worry about these opiate pills yourself, given what you'd seen with your own dad? Uh, no, I, because I was getting them from a doctor, you know? So I was like, I'm not getting this off the street. It must be cool for me to take it, man. Doctor gives it to you. It must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey was worried, though, and tried to control how many he took. But Mike couldn't seem to get enough, at one point taking nearly two dozen painkillers a day. I'm like, you can't be taking all these pills. You know, you have to slow down. I didn't want to stop. I didn't feel the need to, and I didn't see the harm in it. And that's something we've heard over and over as we've reported on opioids. I don't want to stop. Puff, puff, puff. Puff.
I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEA's would be like, aw, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull those gloves. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. Shango. Is this what 
the grow fields of today look like? They are uh, indoor. They, these are a lot uh, larger. Fifty different kinds of cannabis are grown and cultivated here. Thank you very much. Kyle Turley is a loyal customer. There's uh, Shango. I drive all the way back to Southern California. That's nearly 500 miles round trip to restock his supply of cannabis every month. There's a lot to say for cleanliness, purity of product, consistency, all these things that in the marijuana program in California still even, it's hit and miss. At the end of the day, this is my medicine. And while it may be his medicine, this plant is still not regulated like a traditional medicine, despite the fact it's now legal to use marijuana medicinally in more than half the United States. scientists know the most about are THC, which is a psychedelic component of cannabis, which makes you feel high. And then there is CBD, cannabidiol, the non-psychoactive chemical. We've told you about this one for years, especially how it stops chronic epileptic seizures in young children. There is also research showing that CBD is particularly helpful when it comes to pain. In fact, CBD can do something opioids cannot. With opiates, you're talking about killing the pain, masking the pain, you're done. Dr. Julie Holland edited the pot book, A Complete Guide to Cannabis. With medical cannabis, you're actually not just talking about decreasing pain, but you're decreasing inflammation. That's because opioids do a good job of interfering with pain signals going to the brain. But cannabis works on two receptors, one that blocks that pain and one that decreases inflammation. Cannabis can do more than opioids, yet prescription opioids are legal and cannabis is not. Historically, that was not the case. For centuries, both cannabis and poppy, two plants, the natural forms of marijuana and opioids, were commonly prescribed by doctors and dispensed at pharmacies. But that all changed in the 1930s. Opioids would go on to become a best-selling drug, and cannabis became increasingly fringe. In part, because one kind of cannabis, called hemp, was a threat to big business. Hemp is a cheap fiber, good for making paper and canvas, more absorbent than cotton, and could be used as a potential fuel. So there were a lot of vested interests that sort of put cannabis down, took it away from the doctors, made it illegal. And despite many efforts we've reported on for the past five years, marijuana is still an illegal Schedule I controlled substance famous heroin and meth. The opportunities that are available. Something Kyle remembers every time he crosses state lines with his month's supply of cannabis. The medicine he says he can't live without. They could pull me out of my car and file federal charges against me for trafficking marijuana across state lines. You know Kyle Sterling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of those guys, man. I... I have the courage to be here sitting in front of you because all those guys that paved the way. And the courage to finally give up the opioids. That came in the summer of 2017. Injured at practice, the opioids didn't help. So he decided he'd 
stop using them for good. I was excited. You know, I felt like I was beginning a new life. <laughs> a new life. Pop over pills. I was looking for someone maybe to help me with inflammation, muscle spasms. He got advice from friends and doctors and might got more comfortable with cannabis and what strains to use. I like that dose to go. He got his medical marijuana card and, like Kyle Turley, went to the dispensary wow. and found strains that worked for him. Negative foot. This would be good for my ankle right here. But also, like Kyle, it was a risky decision. Remember what we told you earlier. Marijuana, even non-psychoactive CBD, is banned in the NFL. So Mike had to be careful not to test positive. He was willing, however, to take the chance. But then... Mike's luck ran out a couple of months later. Marijuana positive test. The NFL put Mike in their substance abuse program. But what if he continued to test positive? They could ban me from the league because of marijuana. And it could happen any day. An uncertainty Mike was not willing to live with as the 2018 football season approached. Hi, Mike. Oh, it's great to see you. With two months until training camp, Mike decided to be the first NFL player to file a PUE, a therapeutic use exemption for cannabis. Basically, he wanted approval to use medical marijuana, even though it's banned. This is the first active player who's been willing to put their professional career on the line to openly admit that they have been using this cannabis. So they want to know dose. Dr. Seuss Disley is taking on the fight to help NFL players, like Mike, to use medical cannabis legally as part of a group called Doctors for Cannabis Regulation. They understand the risks that I have by playing the NFL and being a child of substance abuse. They take all that into consideration. It does take a tremendous amount of fortitude to be able to to question the NFL openly when you're getting a paycheck from them. They love to get my opinion. Mike knows he's put his career and his family in jeopardy. I just want people to listen. It will open the door for so many guys to use this as their medicine. But will the NFL slam the door in Mike's face? That's a little later. Cannabidol is able to reverse, but first, Researchers using cannabis to open the door as a new way to break the chain of addiction. A beautiful flower that looks harmless enough, but the opioids derived from this plant can turn people into addicts. They start seeking them out and at the cost of everything else, even their death. Yasmin Hurd, director of the Addiction Institute at Mount Sinai in New York, says that's because these pain pills make profound changes in the brain soon after you start using them. This is where you actually take a look at the brain. Exactly. Hurd collects brains, hundreds of them, from opioid addicts who have overdosed. It's grim work. Is there anything that's different about the brain of someone who's an addict versus someone else's brain? It's not the, the growth changes. It's how the cells communicate with each other that are changed. Heard showed me under the microscope. This is a healthy brain. Lots of cells, lots of 
connections. It's beautiful, the branching, the communication is essential for every single thing we do. This is a brain on drugs, specifically opioids. So one of the things you can see is that there's not that many networks. This looks like a poorly populated Exactly. This is what a brain disease looks like. Opioids have damaged these receptors, the glutamate receptors in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, making it harder to make decisions, use good judgment, making it harder to just say no. The craving is so common. someone whose brain is fundamentally changed, that all you have to do is to say no, when those circuits that mediate those aspects of cognition are altered. That's why, Bird says, abstinence programs are usually only 5 to 10% effective. There is more success, however, with what's called medication-assisted treatment, MAT. You substitute lower-dose, slightly safer opioids like methadone and suboxone instead of the potent painkillers. These drugs do reduce the risk of overdosing by more than 50%, but Herb's biggest concern, MAT, is still dependent on opioids. And as you've just seen, that means the brain disease of addiction is never fully treated, which is why Herb started to focus on the CBD in cannabis to not only treat the underlying pain, but to also heal the brain. That CBD normalizes that. So by normalizing glutamate, you can restructure and normalize um, that the impairment in the cellular, at the cellular level, at the molecular level. Helping get rid of the cravings that someone that keeps taking someone back. Exactly, exactly. And it's not just the pain or even the cravings that cannabis could help, but also the withdrawal symptoms of getting off opioids, the nausea, the insomnia, the bone-searing pain. It's like having an intense flu that just won't go away. The withdrawals from opiates was horrific. They told me, we'll get you through that if we're trying to wean you. And over the last several years, Dr. Wallace's team has figured out the right strains to soothe the withdrawal symptoms, which are very similar to the side effects of chemotherapy. No surprise, because for decades, studies have shown that both THC and CBD can help cancer patients in treatment. Did it help you get off of the opiates? Absolutely. 100%. You hear about CBD being able to help people with the withdrawal-type symptoms that they get trying to come off of opiates. Even here, as you mentioned, that CBD can help repair the brain. Is that as promising as it sounds? As a scientist, I definitely try to be optimistic. But also cautious. She knows we need more research, but getting that done is not easy. It's something we've reported on for years. Because cannabis is a controlled substance, getting federal funding is difficult, and getting the actual cannabis to study is challenging. It took Yasmin Hurd four years just to get started. I just don't understand why we can't go on to have more in-depth studies to really see, indeed, if this does work and can be effective for at least a subset of people even if it's not for all the 50,000 people who will die this year. It's hard to do. Harvard's Stacey Gruber has also struggled to do this kind of research. Her early studies show subjects who were given cannabis for the very first time 
reduced their opiates by 47%. It's a staggering number. And like hers, Uber also showed that their brains changed on off of pills and on pot. The brain's white matter, which is what allows it to communicate from one region to another, became better organized. Those same folks show improvements in cognitive performance was very exciting. Exciting for opioid addicts. And now raising the question, could this help with other brain diseases, like Alzheimer's and dementia? The latest research shows that in lab-grown neurons, cannabis removes the protein that accumulates in the brains of these patients. Again, nothing else has been identified to do that. That doesn't surprise Al Turley. He was diagnosed with early CTE, a sort of Alzheimer's-like disease, and he is a firm believer CBD has helped return his memory, quell his anger, and ease his depression. Uh, we have a potential resolve um, to allow individuals to live better lives. But to know for sure means more research, which, as I told you, is hard enough. And it might get even harder. If I was sick, I wouldn't suggest you take marijuana. That's when we come back. It's springtime in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For 47 years, this rally has been held every first Saturday in April at high noon to fight for the reform of marijuana law. It's time to put players on a field with a less powerful method. With his career and reputation on the line, Mike James is telling the world that cannabis works for him. It's time for their doctors to listen to my doctor, Dr. Sue Sisley. Mike is traveling around the country with Dr. Sue Sisley from Doctors for Cannabis Regulation. It's been a month now since he petitioned the NFL for a therapeutic use exemption for cannabis. This is my medicine. I mean, it's not like I just got a game or anything. Mike's case is such a perfect example of why um, cannabis needs to be made available because he's really not a candidate for opioids. This crowd seems receptive to that message, but that's not the case 500 miles away in the nation's capital. The use of marijuana is detrimental. Marijuana is not a healthy substance. If I were sick, I wouldn't suggest you take marijuana to cure yourself. Attorney General Jeff Sessions who declined to be interviewed for this documentary, has made it crystal clear he sees no good to come out of marijuana, including cannabis's role in the opioid crisis. I'm astonished to hear people suggest we can solve our heroin crisis. Have you heard this? By having more marijuana. How stupid is that? These pills become so addictive. The DEA said that a huge percentage of the heroin addiction starts with prescription. We think a lot of this is starting with marijuana and other drugs. Marijuana as a gateway drug to more dangerous, more lethal narcotics. It's a notion that has steered policy and public opinion for decades. Leading medical researchers are coming to the conclusion that marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States. But what if that long-held notion isn't true? There is really no evidence that cannabis is the gateway to hard drugs. Ten years of clinical experience, I have never seen it. Gateway, sure. Gateway to recovery. Gateway to feeling better. Gateway to getting my life back. Cannabis can actually, as opposed to 
being a gateway. It can be a terminus. It can stop drug use. These are the researchers who write the books, advance the science, grow our knowledge, and they are seeing an increasing body of research suggesting marijuana can actually stop addiction and help offset the opioid epidemic. A RAND Corporation study funded by the National Institute on Drug Abuse showed something few initially expected. Between 1999 and 2010, states with legal functioning medical marijuana dispensaries have seen lower opioid prescription rates and fewer deaths from opioid overdoses. Fewer, not greater. We're going to be looking at 64,000 deaths in 16. We've got to stop the deaths. Both former Governor Chris Christie and former Congressman Patrick Kennedy served on President Trump's Commission on Combating Addiction and the Opioid Crisis. So I had assembled a whole litany of recommendations for better mental health and addiction for this country. Kennedy has been very public about his own addiction and recovery. I was on Suboxone for a number of years. It definitely stabilized me. When someone is out there in the throes of opioid addiction, it is 100% sure that if you give them opioid replacement therapy, you get them stabilized. For Kennedy and the rest of the Opioid Commission, the best way to save lives is expanded access to MAT, medication-assisted treatments, not marijuana. The commission was reacting to a number of questions about whether you could substitute marijuana for opioids, and obviously uh, people would be stoned, but they wouldn't be dead. Zero fatalities. It's a point that has come up over and over again. No one has ever reportedly died from a marijuana overdose. Would you say that cannabis is safer than opioids? Is that a fair statement to make? In terms of overdoses, absolutely. If physical pain could be treated in this way, in a way that's less risky, in the midst of this opioid epidemic, isn't that worth considering? No, it's, it's, it seems eminently sensible to, if you're looking at the lesser of two evils, but by that logic, you know, we'd be accepting a lot of stuff in this country. And in my view, if we really want to get medicines to people, then we go about it in the way that we've always gone about it, Sanjay. And that's called NIH research, clinical trials, FDA approval. And the reason we have that, as you know, Sanjay, is because of safety, efficacy, and risk. It's a fair point, but the President's Commission did not recommend any research into medical marijuana nor any of its compounds, including non-psychoactive CBD. A mistake, a missed opportunity, according to researchers like Yasmin Hurd. It should be treated like everything else. Let it have its due process, and let's see what evidence is there for it's treating or not treating a particular symptom or disorder. Whether it's cannabidiol in Herd's lab or cannabis prescribed by Dr. Wallace, it's marijuana as medicine, an idea shot down time and time again by the country's top law enforcement officials. I'm afraid that the public is not properly educated on, on some of the issues related to marijuana. What would you say to the Attorney General? I would say he's wrong, and I think that he needs to be educated. If he came and spent a week with me in my clinic, I think I could probably convince
education and understanding. The same goals Mike James has by going public with his daughter. Early word from the NFL is that they only give therapeutic use exemptions for drugs that are FDA approved. Cannabis, of course, is not. But the league is still considering it, as is the NFL Players Union, which has already been looking at cannabis as part of their initiative to study pain and the best therapies for it. Executive Director E. Marie Smith. Our job is to find the best medical science to support your therapeutic use exemption. What I would say to him and every NFL player, our job is to figure out how do we for the best treatment for you. And while Mike waits, we are now closer than ever to the first FDA-approved cannabis-based drug. So how did it happen? That when we come back. Thousands of miles away from Mike James and the NFL, a big breakthrough brews in these secret labs. It's just probably the most TLC for a weed I've ever heard of. One with hope space. Absolutely. When we visited here five years ago, it was a dream that's now about to become reality. GW Pharmaceutical CEO Justin Gover. We're now just a matter of a couple of months away from potential approval and launch of the first ever plant-derived cannabis-based medicine in the United States. The first of its kind, a prescription medicine made from cannabidiol, CBD. It's called Epidiolex, a liquid solution that potentially can help thousands of kids who suffer from epileptic seizures. Young children like Vivian Wilson and Charlotte Figgy, who you met in our previous weed documentaries. We just have to do the old-fashioned way. When it came to finding the right treatment to their kids, families were often left to trial and error. Do we just add more oil then, or do we add more weed? In some cases, even extracting the badly needed medicine in their own kitchens. We can assure patients that they receive the same product day in and day out. Five years ago, when we started reporting on this, things were desperate. Parents left with the choice of cannabis or death. Researchers weren't behind them. Society had turned it back. And now we are on the eve of a new drug being approved. Could the same happen with opioids? Could pot become a reasonable and accepted alternative to pills? We have seen in early studies the potential for cannabinoids um, within the, the drug addiction field and within the opioid sparing and pain field as well. So like with many other areas, we're at the cusp of a new era of potential uses for cannabinoids. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb. If you can demonstrate that a product based on, on marijuana or derivative marijuana can be used as a safe and effective alternative to some other or some condition, we want to look at that. But cannabis-based pharmaceuticals for pain and addiction are still far off on the horizon. In the meantime, all over the country, people have taken action, unwilling or unable to wait any longer. Like in Maine, known for its rugged coastline, fishing villages, and iconic lighthouses. And now, known for overdose deaths, which has doubled here over the past three years. Jamie Higgins lost her brother to opioids. Battling the opiate crisis is going to come down to us doing things that a lot of people are going to feel uncomfortable about. It's 
changes that really bring change to, to the epidemic. Shocking changes and bold steps. And cannabis, yeah, I think you're using it really well. When will the medical community catch up with what their patient populations are doing? With two outpatient clinics in the state, Dustin Sulak has treated hundreds of people who have used cannabis to wean off of opioids. You see the drug list just whittling down and down. There's no pill, there's no spray, no drop, no puff. You completely solve this problem. But cannabis, when it's used in the right way, can take a big bite out of it. So far, it's worked for Angie Slinker. I know I'm never going to be pain-free ever, but cannabis has given me a reason to live. And cannabis has also worked for Doug Campbell. They are both patients with Dr. Sula, and they believe without medical marijuana, their addiction would have killed them. Doug tried everything to quit opioids, dozens of rehabs, including the gold standard methadone and suboxone treatments, but nothing worked. Then we tried the cannabis. It filled the void. I don't want to overstate or understate this, but decades of opioid use, 32 times in and out of rehab, you try the cannabis and it works instantly. Is that, is that real? That's real. I have no craving. I have no desire. I do not have any thought about it at all, period. But to so many, these stories, the thousands of stories around the country, are simply not enough. I have not seen a single story that has shown that uh, by giving a patient suffering from an opioid use disorder cannabis, they are able to stop taking uh, opioids. We cannot be guided by wishful thinking. We need objective data. People are dying. You cannot help dead people. There's no way to. This is transformation pain cream, and it has 400 milligrams of active cannabinoids. It's got THC, which is excellent for pain relief. Roxanne Gullickson recently opened one of the only pot-based substance abuse treatment programs in the country. We're a good family. But literally everyone we know knows somebody who has died of an overdose. How ahead of the curve, if you will, is, is Maine and is what you're doing in all this? We're pioneers. We get a lot of pushback. But having actually experienced it, to not share it would be immoral. It's a message being heard in the state capitol even by the most conservative politicians. Republican State Senator Eric Brakey is proposing radical legislation. He wants to add opioid addiction to the list of qualifying conditions for the state's medical marijuana program, making it easier for opioid addicts to access cannabis. It's an age-old debate is this idea, are you trading one drug for another? Even if we are doing a trade from a narcotic that kids can overdose on, to a plant that is non-narcotic and no one's ever overdosed on in the history of the world, you know, if that's the trade that we're making, then that sounds like not so bad a trade. And Senator Brady isn't the only one willing to make that deal. Medical marijuana, medical marijuana. A big announcement by Governor Murphy about medical marijuana. One that I think should be considered, and that is recovery from uh, opioid uh, addiction. Other states like New Jersey, Connecticut, and New Mexico are now considering similar legislation. All people are asking for is the freedom to make their own choices, to, best, to try something for themselves as they are attempting to break the grip of addiction. It's the same freedom Mike James is asking the NFL for as he fights for a safe.
therapeutic use exemption for medical marijuana. If approved, it would be the first of its kind in any professional sports league. It would also mean Mike James would no longer have to choose between the sport he loves and his health. If you look at your biography 30 years from now, it's probably going to say professional football player in the first line. But medicinal marijuana advocate, I mean, is that what you want to be known for? Yes, I'm pumped, and I'm not ashamed of it, not embarrassed about it. Um, it is something that I will continue to use because I have a nice business. <laughs> Mike James is one of so many people who claim their lives were saved because they traded these pills for pop. Okay, now hold on. But now the struggle continues for researchers to catch up, to gather data, and the scientific evidence to once again prove the power of this plant. And we thank you for listening to Wednesday Wednesday Wednesday.